Marketplace. Cool bananas. I even shortened that to bananas. Actually, there was a story about that quick recently. I, was, I walked into Andy's house and um, Ben was 11 at the time, his son, and it was, he said, Ben, what's Jesus got to say to Steve right now? And he just says, oh, I just saw a picture of a banana. So just bananas. I'll be very loud if I do that. And, um, and to me, this was about six, eight months ago, um, I even shortened cool bananas to just say bananas. I say it all about bananas, which means everything's, God's got his hand on, everything's good. And there's something going on with our business in Australia at the time. I had a couple of problems and I thought, oh, that's right, God's got my back on this. Everything's cool. So that's all I need to hear, bananas. Didn't need an explanation of peel the banana back and eat the goodness of the banana and all the rest of it. Just needed bananas. And that's what we need to do sometimes is just stick to what God shows us. And that's all we need to run with. So who loves the good news we're talking about this morning and testimonies? Yeah, we get to see crazy good testimonies out there in the marketplace. And I was just reminded of we have a place in Reading, if anyone's ever been, it's called Westside Pizza. And they have been part of us, the whole heaven and business thing, for they've been there six years now. They planted a pizza shop in an area that you wouldn't normally plant it in Reading. They picked the, the poorest area on, the, on probably the worst street because um, that's what they believe they were called to. But they, they pray over their dough as they make the pizzas. They release the presence of God into the dough. They lay hands on the dough when they make the pizzas. And then they see people come in and get healed weekly. Week of food allergies. They're just gluten prop, all sorts of, every, all the time. And then every time all their delivery people, because the majority of them that work for them are Christian are believers, full on, and they go to deliver a pizza. It's actually funny. Like Jeremiah's favourite thing is Yelp. Is there a Yelp in England? It's a, it's a marketing thing where you have reviews on how good a business is. It's called Yelp. Um, I don't know if it's just an American thing. I don't know, but it's there. But he's, they get the worst rating because they get so much attention because everyone says, oh, these people always want to pray for us. And he loves it. Like he said, because everyone's this, but on the other side of it, they get all this positive stuff where they get to pray for all the, a lot of people they deliver to and also see them get healed and see different things take place. But there's so many stories in that place of people getting healed of food allergies and, and, all, and just all sorts of eating disorders. There was a young, a young boy, I remember he was on stage there at Bethel at one stage in a wheelchair from Norway, I think he was, somewhere over there. Um, this is, and uh, we were there when he was on stage and he was, he was dying because he couldn't, he wasn't going to live a long life because he couldn't ingest food as far as I understand, tube fed. And uh, they were at Westside Pizza as a family and they weren't really taking a lot of notice and next minute this, this young boy ate a crust of the pizza. Uh, and what normally happens is that's straight to hospital, that's a major issue. So they're about to just set into an almighty panic and realise that he's okay. Cut a long story short, 12 months later he's standing on the stage at Bethel, fully normal. Uh. <laughs> so who, has anyone here got a food allergy? Food intolerance really? Because it's a fairly major thing these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah just give me a second. Just never be afraid of the silence. I'm just. I was going to say I was going to anoint this book and then everyone lay their hands on it, which we might still do, because I'm pretty sure this story is in this book. So just while we while, while this is going on, anyone that's got someone over here, you can start and just start. If everyone anywhere near, and we, just whilst we're doing this, 
just grab that book, just hold it for a few minutes and believe you're going to get healed. And then once you're healed, pass it to the next person. So while we're talking for the next hour, just transfer that healing through the book all around, all right? And then, and, um, then we'll worry about who ends up with the book after that. So just keep going. Just, just sit there and just receive. Just receive a healing from Jesus. Just don't, you don't even have to say anything. And you'll know it's taken place and then pass it on. Cool? I know that's very different, but it's okay to be different. Who had a birthday this week? This is a fantastic book that Annie wrote. It's really a very simplistic book, which is actually what Jesus meant us to live, a very simplistic life of just doing what God asked us to do and set people free. We actually complicate it. And it's just got a ton of testimonies and good news stories. We had a, we had a business a while ago in Ecuador, and uh, they produced slate and so they, and for um, flooring, slate flooring. And they had this particular quarry or where they were mining the slate where some corrupt people decided that that was going to... They got kicked out of the mine and it wasn't their fault um, because of corruption. So they, they realised they had order to fill and they only had about half the, the main product. Anyway, and that, so they just went in their office and they were praying for it a bit. So they're praying away for about 10 or 15 minutes in their office and then one of their workers came in and said, actually, I just dropped a piece of the slate accidentally and it split in three. I think we actually have three times the amount we need. And so they, they go back out and they look at it and the slate is splitting in three perfectly after they've just prayed. So they had, out of what they thought half the amount of product they needed, they had three times the amount. So they filled that order plus more. Because they took the time to pause and pray. It's just crazy good and they're fantastic people. You know, we... Um, some other, there's, there's so many good news stories about what we get to see. There was a, um, a telephone company we went to. We took 10, 10 people in to pray this particular morning in that company. And, and he was doing really quite well. And then I saw him about three or four weeks later. He said, next time just bring five because we had 10 times too much work the next month. <laughs> and he was, he was serious. He was dead serious. He just went through the roof. Um, we had another guy... Um, Dan, who we actually have our heaven in business. We actually have our heaven in business offices and our room that we do a lot of um, teachings and stuff in. We have it outside of the church in the marketplace. We're above a manufacturing plant purposely. We took ourselves outside and planted ourselves there because we reach so many people that, and quite a lot, of, not even, non, even non-believers, so we don't have that, oh, I can't come into the church. But eventually they end up wanting to get in there because once they actually understand what we're about. But this guy, Dan, um, we were there doing... Um, a prayer activation in his business so we, the whole point is to actually get into the businesses not bring them into a, a room inside the church it's us go into the business and do it and so we take teams in and we're in there doing it and um, as the phone rings while we're there and, and Andy said to him well, so, you know, what's going on and he said this, this girl says look this pe- people want, they want us to quote 27 mechanical boxes and they made um, mechanical actually boxes that controlled CNC machines and they're and they sold them, and, and we said, was that good? Like, is that a good thing? And he says, well, currently we do six a year, and they wanted 27 a month. So he got that contract. Hmm. This is a guy that, that used to work for NASA, used to find Jesus in science, like in his thinking. He was very, and all of a sudden we introduced Holy Spirit to him. He is alive, this guy. Like, he is, and he was in a conference in Switzerland a little, few, uh, probably 18 months ago. I wasn't there, but Dan was with him, and the microphone stopped working. 
So Andy, we just folks said, oh, battery slack, give us another microphone. Dan goes, no, give it to me. Jesus' name worked. And the microphone started working. <laughs> so, you know, uh, exactly. But that's what Andy thought, well, I probably should have done that. Like, you know. <laughs> but, you know, amazing guy. And um, he's just seen phenomenal favour in his business since he started. We started walking with him. And then he starts walking it out himself. Because he doesn't need us to show up again. He's already, he knows now he carries that. He's starting to carry it. He's starting to walk it out. So it doesn't need, you know, we need to get out there and amongst, amongst our people and start to see this thing, this thing take place, but we don't have to keep doing it. And sometimes we've got to give something up too to see the next thing come, something that's been holding us back, something we've been hanging on to. I, my, at one stage there four years ago, I was in a meeting in Michigan and um, I had a nice watch and uh, I liked it. It was about a $400 watch and um, I was happy with it. And uh, I was sitting opposite this young guy, little house meeting just with the leaders and he had a watch on and he was about to become a commercial pilot so I'm sure he could afford a good watch. And um, God says, give him your watch. And I said, well, I don't want to give him my watch. He's got a watch. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, oh, yeah, and this is just how I talk to him. And I just said, no, I don't want to give him, give him the watch. That's all I got. I said, uh, so I gave this young guy my watch and, and a whole thing of healing broke out where he had massive identity stuff, never been given anything. He was battling his identity sexually as well. He hadn't gone that far, but he just was in a real... What was on the inside didn't look like what the outside was. Like it took me to give him that watch from listening to God to see him actually start to get set free of that. And I know he did, after a period of time, get totally set free. But I said to God at the time, I said, well, I'm not buying another watch. You've got to give me a watch. And, um, and two years goes by and I nearly bought a watch a couple of times and, um, but I thought, no, God's going to give me a watch. That's what, that was the deal we had. And I love making deals with God. Don't always understand the timing, but I understand he's always going to come through. And so we go to Bahrain the first time we were about to go there for the third time this year, but it's the first time two years ago and uh, in the Gulf above Dubai there and um, walk into this man's house, never met him before, just only ever Skyped once and um, Solomon, his name is. Been there about 20 minutes and he said, I've just, he said, you don't wear a watch. I said, oh, it's a story. He said, stop, stop. And he runs off into his office and he comes out with this tag, um, $5,000 Swiss watch. And um, he says, someone gave me this three or four months ago and said, give it to whoever Jesus tells you to give it to. Two weeks before I got there, Jesus said, give that watch to Steve when he gets here. <laughs> and so to me, I was just super pumped. It, it it's, and it's me because it's not a flashy watch. Like I'm not into flashy things in a sense, but it was the thankful part. Every time I look at it, I just thank you, Lord. Just the, that thankful spirit that just I know that he just loves me that much. To, but it also taught me for two years because I was so time conscious, so focused on goals, results, KPIs, da, 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 you know, that it was just I didn't wear a watch for two years. Didn't have to know what time it was. I had to just focus on what he wanted me to do for a period of time. So I've totally changed my focus on, you know, being so time conscious, so time driven. It still surfaces now and then. You know, I still think, oh, I've got to get this done, I've got to get that done. It's still real, we're still human. But it just, to me, it was never about, even though it was 10 times worth what I gave away, it was about the thankful spirit behind it. You know, and the fact that he was just as chuffed as me because he'd heard clearly from God. He said, oh, I love the story now because I, I heard from Jesus give it to you two weeks ago and now it actually makes sense. And to him at the time, he thinks, oh, yeah, all right. He didn't think that much of it until I told him the whole backstory. 
And, and it, was, it was two years to the week. It wasn't quite the day. It was a couple of days off being exactly two years. So sometimes, but sometimes we've got to give something up to see the next thing take place. And sometimes we don't always know the timing. It could be a day, it could be a few years. It doesn't mean we give up on it. It's just working, yep. So with you guys, I'm just going to sh- I just want to really just lay a little bit more foundation because the biggest thing for us is I don't know where you are all at. And the last thing I want to do is actually go through the practical part and say this is what we go out and do, this is how we physically do that without actually explaining why we do it, the why. It's always great to have the why, then the how. You know, so it doesn't matter where you live, you have access to people. It's your city. It doesn't matter. Like for me, for a while there, and, and, and I, I'm the, so I look after all the local stuff as well for having in business at Reading, so all the local businesses, all the local activities we do. And for a while, Andy said, you need to get a heart for Reading, you need to get a heart for Reading. And I said, well, I don't really feel a heart for Reading, but I've got a heart for people. You know, so I didn't, I'm not the sort of person that, that has a heart for India because I'm called to missions or I have a heart for Australia in a sense or, or even that I had a heart for Reading. I love all places because I actually love the people. But, I, but I'm still actually going to pour into that city because I love pouring into the people, if that makes sense. Some people get that where you've just got a heart for a particular, you've got a heart for pool and that's your thing. And that's, it's nothing wrong with that. For me, I actually have a, an overall thing for just, it doesn't matter where I go, it's the people I have a heart for. So find out what makes you tick there, but you know, don't underestimate, just because you might not have, say you've, you now live in Shaftesbury, because I've been there, I know that, she, and you think, oh, I don't really have a heart for Shaftesbury, but maybe you've got a heart for the people there and it builds into a heart for Shaftesbury. Just start with what you've got, work with what's in your hands. So for me, I do have a real bit of a heart for Reading these days, but to start with it was more just had a heart for the people. But just remember it is your city and you have the Holy Spirit and you're anointed for this. Whether you've stepped into it or not yet is another thing. But that's already been done. He's already laid that there for you. So we just want to go through some things on that. Because the thing is to always remember the church isn't the kingdom. The pastor's not the king. But unfortunately a lot of churches live like that and it's not even the pastor's fault half the time. The people in the church make him him or her the king when he didn't even ask to be. And then they they start looking to them more than they really actually look to Jesus sometimes. So we've got to understand it's a super integral part of the kingdom. It's like a car dealership where you take your car to get serviced you go in there you're part of the community we get recharged and we go out again in a sense but it's not the be it's not the be all end all that if you know there's so many people have their whole life it's just wrapped up in that in that institution in a sense which is actually not doing anyone any good because we need to have a a multi-focus be able to look we love the church but we love outside the church we love our families we love this we love that the more balanced we are the more we get to bring do you understand what I'm saying? It's not, I love the church, but it's not, it's a super integral part of the kingdom, but it's not the kingdom. And if we can change our thinking on some of that, because the thing is, you've probably all got it in here, but you're going you're to meet people that might not. You're going to meet people that actually, that's how they think sometimes. So it's always great to understand that, so you actually have a way of actually, what's the solution to that? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm not not saying that you think like this, but if we start to talk about it, we can actually be aware of it when we're starting to actually come alongside people and see them go to the next level. So what sort of game are you going to play? Are you going to be a spectator? Are you going to be a defender? Are you just going to defend things all day? No, 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 I don't take a risk. I don't want to just watch everyone else. Or are you actually going to be the person that gets out there and takes a shot? These are the questions you need to ask yourself. Because you, you all have a place to play in any game. It doesn't matter what the sport is. 
Don't be a spectator. How many people do you know, I've lived with a lot, that are actually even church spectators? They come in, they sit in the chair on a Sunday, tick the box and go out and behave very differently all week. It actually put me off church before I got saved because a lot of the people I worked with who said they went to church were some of the most corrupt people. And uh, I didn't, you know, it was just, and this was, it wasn't everyone, but just the people I come across, they weren't great examples of what I would like to see. So what part are you going to play? You're going to be that person out there that think, I just want to play the game they're playing. I'm actually going to get out there and have a go. doesn't mean you have to kick a goal every time. Sometimes you miss. But what do you do? Have another shot. Start to just think about that stuff. So I said before, like, what, have you, you know, what have you actually said to God lately without knowing the outcome? Did I know the outcome that I was going to get another watch when I gave it away? I mean, I said to him, you've got to give me another one, but that was probably a bit, a bit of a demand really rather than an ask. But he, he's got, where do you think our sense of humours and stuff come from? If we can't be ourselves, like I just said to Ruth before, I just said, I love, I love Ruth for Ruth. She's a character, she brings life, she's got an infectious laugh. You know, each one of you need to be the best you. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Just worry about what you're doing. So just take two minutes now, just want you to pray about that. Ask yourself, what does it look like for you if you said yes without knowing the answer to, to just someone this week that you work with, someone this week you come up beside at a, a book club, it doesn't really matter where out there, that you actually think, actually I need to, I want to ask God about that person for the next few days before I get to see them. What's he want to say to them? What, what's something that I can actually see shift in their life? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yes? No? Mm. Just ask God, who's, who are you going to highlight this week? Who are you going to actually, you don't even know the outcome, but you're going to ask him, what do I need to step into without even knowing what the outcome's going to be, what the, what the result's going to be? I'm saying yes to the unknown. I'm saying yes to the fact I trust him more than I trust my own knowing, my own knowledge, my own doings, things that I've always done the same way because I feel comfortable with. Step out of your comfort zones. Is that, we good? Two minutes. Just pray into it and ask him and write it down. I'm not going to ask you to share this. This is between you and him. But I'm just trying to teach you how to step into this stuff, how to actually write this down. It's like Helena last night gave a word of knowledge that, that she wrote down on the plane coming here for a lady. Do you want to just quickly share that? There's a lady with the, the drummer husband. Yes, yeah, so when I came uh, to England on the plane, I asked for words of knowledge, and one that I had was the name Nick and drum player. And I wasn't sure if it was, if he was playing the drums, because the word that I got for him was that God would synchronize the heartbeat of God with him. And then yesterday this word came back to me, so I asked this here, someone, Nick, or does the name Nick, and Nick mean something to anybody. And then a lady said, yes, that's my husband. And then I was like, is he playing the drums? Yes. So that was a strike. And then I just gave a word, really simply, like I did it right now. And how was it? Short, sharp, and straight to the heart. Yes, so God knows who, who we are meeting. So it's cool. So, you know, she stepped into it. She stepped into asking the Father for something she didn't know the answer to. She didn't know who she was going to deliver that to. And, but when, at the right time, God showed her the right person. We good? Two minutes. So just... Write that down. Just ask him, God, who am I going to come up beside? Who am I going to get near? Who have I got a word for?
just while you're still writing, I was just praying then. Just, you know, we said yes six years ago to go to America, give up what we thought was everything to go to what we really, I had no idea what I was stepping into. And, you know, when I got there, <laughs> I thought I'd joined a giant youth group because there's a lot of young people around me. And I thought, oh, what have I done? I've sold everything, given up everything to join a giant youth group. Seriously, like, how can you be my spiritual father? And I say, no, I'm so messed up. Just stay away. Like, I've got stuff to work out. Um, but they were, they were picking up in the spirit what I carry. I just wasn't ready for it. But, you know, I think back even 20 years before that, we packed up when our daughter was 18 months old and went around Australia for two years with a trailer and a camper van and just worked and rented out our house and sold our new car. And we left. We were from a town smaller than... Shaftesbury, like a few hundred people in a small community. So they thought we were just crazy. No one supported us really back then. But that 20 years before, we stepped out into just when we were young to see, we had no idea what we were going to do. Set us up for the fact that we, were, we could actually pack up, say yes later, and pack up 20 years later and move to America and do what God's really called us to do. Even though Kim wanted to go for the five years before that. You know what I mean? But I still said yes to the unknown. I didn't really know all the answers. And I had a CEO role and I went to resign three months before and I said, we need a succession plan. And we worked on that and I said, but we won't let you resign. We'll give you nine months without pay to go and do your God thing, they called it. And, um, and then I tried to go back between first and second year just for a few weeks and end up, I quit. I just couldn't work in that environment again. Um, but I still said yes. And now if you'd said to me, <coughs> excuse me, Back then when I said yes, that I'd be standing here with you good people in this region. There's no way in the world I would have said, no, nah, that's ridiculous. But I had to, it's, you build your yeses. Like I said yes to the smaller things, so I built character in that. So then God started to actually set me up for the bigger things. And the crazy good, it's just crazy good. So just keep asking, just keep stepping into that and say, just build on your yeses. And watch him show up. I'm telling you now, he will, I guarantee he'll show up. We never know the timing, but he will show up, you know. And I said earlier, I said, you know, I, I went to this thing recently, I was just trying to learn who was I born to be rather than what I'd learnt to be. And the fact that, you know, I was, I was obviously born to be here right now and do this, but a lot of what I learnt to be still affects my thinking, still affects things. I still have to push past old habits, push past old thoughts, old... Um, mindsets and misbeliefs and, and doubts. No, you're not good enough to do this. You don't hear the spirit properly. You're not, you know, you know, it, it's still, I still have those things. You know, I never wanted the prophetic gifting um, because I never believed in myself enough. So I was actually robbing myself. And then once I finally was forced into it by Andy um, to actually step, I got thrown in front in the deep end in a, in a meeting to have to prophesy over these people. I had no choice. And... Um, so all of first year, pretty well. First year, if you Bethel's not a babysitting club, so if you actually don't want to step into something, you can waste your time. Yeah, you know, it's really. And so the first whole year, I whilst I was copying prophetic, I believed in the prophetic, but I didn't believe in myself enough. So I, I received it, and I was Kim's always been prophetic, and I loved it, but I didn't want it. I didn't want that gift because I didn't want I didn't want to let anyone down. I'd been so performance driven that I thought oh, if I get it wrong, I'll let someone down which was just a lack of belief in him because I didn't believe in him enough that he had my back. So anyway, so I got thrown into this deep end. I'm sitting opposite this couple. This is like five years ago. Um, 
And I look at them, and the minute I look at them, it's just like everything comes alive, and I see this clear picture in my head. Well, <laughs> I said to Kim, it's too, she needs to tell this story more than me, but you can tell it, because I'll get it wrong. It might be someone's breakthrough. So for years, you know, he'd say, no, no, I don't hear from God, I don't see anything, you know, I don't hear, and I would take him through little um, exercises like, all right, close your eyes, so he'd close his eyes, I'd say, now think about your childhood home, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I can see my house, I said, describe it to me, so he'd describe it to me, it's got this sort of roof and bricks and da 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 and then he'd, I'd say, okay, and open your eyes. And he'd open his eyes. i say, you can see. You can see in your imagination because you can remember what you... No, that's just a memory. That's not my mind. I can't see anything. I said, well, what do you see? He said, when I close my eyes, I just see black. You know? <laughs> the inside of his eyelids. That's what he could see. So this went on for years with me trying to... And in the end, I just thought, oh, God, you're going to have to do something. So even up to the point of this story that he's about to tell you, in, in his eyes, in his heart, he just thought, no, I don't he, hear, I don't see, you do it for me. So then Andy throws him in the deep end. I think the thing for that is I'm, I'm a super creative person, as in I can, I can visualise a building before it even starts. So I can really, so I could do all that, but that was to me non-spiritual. But no, I can't do the spiritual stuff. Like I just had this blockage of a mindset. Anyway, so I see this, um, straight away it all just comes to life real, real fast. And I see this um, American ambulance rushing, rushing through the streets. And I knew it was American because it was all square and it was very clear. And I know enough about the prophetic because I've been around it all my life. I thought, oh, that's not very uplifting. It's not very encouraging. You know, it's, like, it's an ambulance like, and it's racing through the streets. But I knew, I knew, I knew that it was God showing me this. And so I just thought, well, worst I can do is get kicked out and fly home. And so I went with it. And I said, look, I see this ambulance rushing through the streets. Um, I don't, on the outside of the ambulance is the normal worldly turmoil, the, just the, the fear, everything that goes on with, with that sort of thing. But I said, on the inside of the ambulance, I don't see you in the back of it. It's like you're in the front of the ambulance, but, you're, but, you're, but it involves you and whatever's going on, God's got his hand on it. There's a real presence of God inside the ambulance and everything, whatever's happening, everything's going to be fine. And that was it really. So the minute I said, stop saying that, they sort of nodded and they got up and left. And I thought, oh, yeah, that didn't go so well. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, so a few minutes later I find out, so I had the poker face, so I'm trying to keep a smile. And so, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, One of the other guys follows them out, actually the, the person who was leading the, the, the header of the event. Um, <laughs> goes out there and finds out, as I've said that, their phone's going off. Um, they're getting messages. His father's just been picked up by an ambulance and being rushed to hospital right then and there. And the thing was, we find out afterwards that this guy's father's in his 90s and he's been dying for a few years. He's very, very ill, obviously. And um, this guy, Dwayne, his name was, um, had really struggled, very tough relationship all his life, but the last few years really struggled with trying to lead his father to the Lord before he died. It was a real burden on his heart. It was a real, a real struggle. It was really affecting his relationship with everything. Um, but gets to the hospital, had a long story short, Super confident with the word. He's a very quiet sort of guy, very confident with the word. One of our team went with him. And um, his father's there, gets to talk to his father, leads his father to the Lord. Um, has a really, really great two hours with him talking about Jesus and his father dies. Um, and I saw this guy the next day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Um, 
I'm normally tough. <laughs> but I saw this guy the next day, and it was like a whole burden had been lifted off his shoulders. Like he was a different man. His wife said he was a different man. And to me, it was like, it was such a divine moment. Like I stepped out, I took the risk, finally trusted myself enough to let God do this. And ever since then, I mean, I have had, it's been crazy, crazy, crazy good. Um, prophetically, just off the charts, really. Um, so that's just where it all started, that for me, part of the thing. But I had to say yes and trust him, even though I was forced into it. <laughs> but it was just, it was what I needed, you know. So don't underestimate, you know. So for me, I've really started to get back to, all. Well, there's so much more that I actually should be stepping into, even now. So what, you know, I've always, what have I got to get back to? What was I actually born to be? So just start to ask yourself that sort of question as well. You know, make a note of that. Write it down and say, what, are, what were you born to be, not what you've learnt to be? Because I've developed all sorts of mechanisms to protect myself, to make sure I don't get hurt, don't let anyone too close, all these things that are not what I was actually born to do. You know, I, I had no trouble, as I said earlier, Holy Spirit, Jesus, but I had issues with God because I just didn't want to let him in. So continue to ask yourself that. I lost where I was because I was going to say something before and God showed me something and now I can't remember what it was because you... So I'm just going to have to move on. <laughs> tell me God, tell me God. And that gets back to, you know, what are you, what's in you? What do you bring when you enter a room? I shared earlier about just, you know, when I... I, I shared about when my, I walked back and my workers noticed something in me. And I actually, it's another story of that. I went back home and the accountant we've worked with, I didn't share this story, did I? I get so some mixed up with so many well, stories I share, but anyway. My accountant we've been with for years and years and years, great guy, nominal believer, I would say. And I wasn't feeling particularly spiritual. Um, I was back to do my taxes and, you know, got to give, what, give money to the government and do the right thing, so definitely wasn't feeling spiritual. <laughs> just thinking, oh, how much have I got to pay? And um, walk into the accountant's office and he says, oh, I just got really peaceful when you walked in. I thought, oh, that's right. No matter how we're feeling, we're still representing him. We're still carrying something. We're still going to enter a room and we can shift an atmosphere just by walking in even though we don't even realise. We're not even, we're not even, we didn't stand and have 14 hours of intercession and 14, seven hours of worship and pray 19 times before we walked into the room. Now, there's nothing wrong with all those things in the right moment, but I'm just saying we need to be just in that mode all the time. And we're walking because we just shift an atmosphere. It's like I said about that, me training myself to listen to that song first thing in the morning. Like I've got all I want, um, all I want to do is worship in my head because I played that this morning. Constantly playing right now. Because I'm just, just driving my spirit to just be alive the whole time even when I'm not focused on it. So that when we walk into work, when we walk into a, to a meeting, when we go and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and scones and jam and cream... And <sighs> with anyone that we actually just by us showing up shifts the atmosphere. By, by that, you know, we took a team into a, to a, um, I'll stop there because that's part of the next thing. We took a team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she's got beautiful eyes and they just get straight at you. <laughs> uh, my biggest problem is I just want to get it all done. Let's get it all, put it all out there. But just remember that. Start to even pray into that and start to actually, you know, we have a rule at work, um, Andy and I, a rule there with the others that if, if we're walking in the door and we're not at peace, get, go back out. 
Go back out in the hallway, pray, do whatever you've got to do to deal with it and come back in. And if, we, if one of us walks in and we know it, hey, you're not, look, you're not too peaceful today. Get back outside. <laughs> we do. That's in our HIB, that's in heavenly business environment. That's what we do. Yeah. Amos is about to start working with us, um, employed with heavenly business, and he's going to have to learn that. If he comes in and he's not in the right... I oh, know, he's always, he's full of peace. He's amazing. He's, the reason we're employing him is because he's better than us and he's amazing. Yeah, so we want that peace. We're bringing peace into our, our environment. But it's true though, like start to realise that, that you, you can shift an atmosphere. You know, it's like you walk into a, to a shop sometimes and you think, oh, it feels really heavy, feel really tired. And then you walk into the shop next door and, oh, I feel really good. It's not the caffeine. You, know, you have a choice in that. You have a choice how you shift those atmospheres in the marketplace. You don't have to come under it because you're already above it. Hmm. So just step into that and start to realise that. But then start to ask for words and knowledge as you walk in. It's like recently um, the the home this home conference we had at Bethel, I don't know what it was called, some conference at Bethel, um, for all the local, family conference for the local church people. I'm terrible with those sorts of things. Anyway, um, and Kim and I, with about four others, we got asked to get up on stage on the Friday night at the conference and just prophesy and over the whole whole conference just from the stage. And um, so, you know, I prayed into it. I had some, some words for a couple of people. I just sort of got highlighted during worship. And as I'm walking up the steps, God just gave me a very clear word of knowledge. It was just crystal clear. Um, her name's Catherine. She's born on the 18th of August and she's 32 years old. It was just super clear, bang, bang, bang. So I just got up there and just went for it. I didn't even say, oh, is there someone here called Catherine? I said, there's someone here called Catherine. You're born on the 18th of August and you're 32 years old. No one put their hand up. That's fine. Didn't worry because it wasn't about me. It was about... But sure enough, by the time we'd got through some other prophetic stuff, which was super good, someone came up to Eric, uh, Johnson and Eric comes up and says, there's, that person's meant to be here, her roommate's here. She's Catherine. She's born on the 18th of August. She's 32 years old. She's a nurse. And um, so I got to actually give the word recorded on a phone with her friend because she was supposed to be there, but she got called into hospital last minute. So God, she still needed to get that word. It didn't matter how I looked, but it was just like, but I've trained myself, I've been working away that training myself. Now, it doesn't mean it happens all the time, but just I knew, I knew, I knew. There's been certain times when I just know that there's a healing on. Like it's just, you just sense it in the spirit there's game on. It hasn't always been like that. I've had to actually bring what's in me and bring it out and then actually transfer that and use it in the marketplace. I love seeing people get healed at work during the middle of the day. Then come to Sunday and celebrate that. (laughs) That's what we want. I mean, this is what we're going after. It's the whole purpose of laying this foundation is to start to see this stuff transpire, take place. You're the carriers. We had a a meeting once. um, It was back in Australia, actually. And... uh, we just had it, it was a business meeting and we're in this um, business and I didn't realise that this girl, one of the girls, I knew who she was, I didn't know her well, but everyone else had sort of got up and left, there's about 20 people there and um, she's just sitting there and she sort of goes, I said, can't you talk? And she just went, no, and I just felt something shift and I just went, speak in Jesus' name and she just started talking. Uh, but I just, I felt that, like I felt that, but I, I've stepped into that, you know, I had a recently where, where another business thing and Amy was actually there. You were there in Canada, weren't you? You know, and just cut a long story short, you know, we just, just did a quick healing thing amongst this meeting that I wasn't even feeling it at the time, wasn't even going after it. 
And really just the spirit moved through the room and this guy sitting just about there just got instantly healed of Parkinson's disease. No one even laid hands on him. He just and his wife actually was the one who said, oh, this is real, this is real. She was more excited than him. He was stunned, actually. And I've checked up later on, months later, he's 100% fine, you know. So it doesn't, we don't actually need to do anything but show up sometimes. But we still need to keep pressing into it and going after it and moving into it. So we see this stuff happen all the time at work. We go after it. You know, we're seeing that book around the room now because you guys are getting healed of these allergies, of these food things. Yeah, we see it. We live it. But we step into it. We've got to step out of our comfort zones. And there's a time and a place for it. You know, you just, it's just always a matter of understand your environment and be respectful of your environment. If you're in a workplace, if you can try and pull the people aside or you be in a relationship, it's not a matter of... We never want to be known as the, the kooky people that just just go and do crazy things in front of everyone. And you understand what I'm saying, I hope. Just always be, be aware of what's around you. And just always understand this too. Timing's huge. Sometimes we can get ahead of God. Sometimes we're a long way behind. It's that practice your timing. Recognize your timing on these things and recognize his timing. And the more we get in alignment with that, we're bringing his time, you know, on time, bringing his timing into the workplace and marketplace, into your life, into what you're stepping into. It starts to just really start to happen and really start to click. But we've got to start to recognise these things first. I think, oh, actually, I think I might have been ahead of God on that one. Oh, I missed that moment. I should have prayed for that person. Does it mean you can't get it back? Of course not. But recognise that I missed it. There was something going on then, and I actually didn't. I, I you know. It's a thought sometimes. You just think, oh, I should have done that. Oh. Well, how do I find another opportunity? God, give me another opportunity to get in front of that person so that I actually get, start to get the timing, timing right. And you, pra- you practice the giftings and build character. So start to understand some of your timing. It's not, and it's not always, you know, it's not just up to everyone else around you. Start to own this stuff yourself. You know, you know I remember this. I got healed by two major healings. Um, one was... I didn't even ask for, <laughs> and um, the other one I was going after really strongly. I, I had a fairly major head injury. I got kicked by a steer um, in the back of the head um, and had major nerve damage in the back of my head for about six years where I couldn't really laugh. Um, this was just six years before I got to Bethel. Couldn't really laugh, couldn't really do anything that exerted any real um, pressure um, because my head would just explode nearly, and they used to put needles in the back of my head to actually numb the pain every three months. So they'd needle the nerves. They'd literally stick this big needle. It was fun. And uh, so I, I, but I've pray, I'd been praying for it for years and really going after it. And, um, but then we were in a meeting just before we went to Bethlehem, a healing meeting in Australia. And they're going, all right, put your hand where you want to be healed. And I have my hand on my head and I'm going for it. And then he just stops mid-thing and he says, someone's just been healed of a football injury from t- more than 20 years ago in the shoulder. And I'm not thinking, I, had a, I broke my collarbone in two places in a, in a grand final in football 20 years before and I was so used to it. My shoulder used to lock, if you ever, it used to lock on me and it used to hurt that much, I would run into the wall to unlock it. Or I couldn't sleep on my shoulder, I couldn't sleep on my back on the, with my head on the back, I could only sleep on this shoulder for years. And I was so used to it, I hadn't even, I never, it used to be, the bone used to stick up out of the skin that much in both sides so it was visible that it was not good. Anyway, and he's so he's, and Kim, so I got a broken rib out of this healing because um, I'm sitting there and she goes, Ooh, that's you. I go, Ooh. And uh, 
I go, what are you talking about? On my head, I can still feel it. She says, no, that's your shoulder. And I've gone, oh, the bones are gone. And the lumps totally disappeared and my shoulder was totally healed. Mm. Right, and so then, you know, then out of that though, but it gave me the faith to step up to the next thing. I didn't know the timing of it, but I knew God was going to heal my head. I knew that it was going to get healed. You know, and I always remember, you know, that in, in, back in John, you know, the official son, if you remember that, when he's walking through Galilee from memory, I'll probably get this, I'm not a, you know, I'm pretty sure he was heading through Galilee and that, that, that official son, which was this day and age would probably be like a local government leader or a mayor or someone like that, someone of, of that stature, you know, he's searching out Jesus because he knows he's walking around, walking through Galilee because his son's sick. But did Jesus go to that house and lay hands on that son? Mm-mm. You know, he just said to, the, said to that official son, and I'm shortening it when he stands in front of him, you know, go home, your son is healed. And he says a few other things as well, you know, when will you people finally realise? But, you know, it's just as simple as that. We, we don't even have to lay hands on people sometimes. We can. We've just got to have the faith for it and understand he's going to do it. So I had that faith, and that was the scripture I hung on to. You know, it's like the hem and the garment. It's like all those ones there where we, this stuff happens in the workplace. Yeah. We've anointed that book to be handed around to see healings take place. We can do this sort of stuff. I drilled holes in someone's foot once to see them healed. Well, not literally, but <laughs> prophetic act, like in a business thing, whereas I actually got him to start with wear my boots and walk around the auditorium because I said, my feet are perfect, wear my boots and you'll be healed. That didn't work, right? So I said, all right, if you stand there, I said, I'm going to pretend to drill holes prophetically in your feet and we're going to drain out this rubbish in Jesus' name because his feet were all swelled up. So I went, out in Jesus' name. And his swelling all just went away in front of everyone's eyes. But better than that, a week later he kept contacts and said, since I've worn your boots, I just got six months' work in a, in a week. He had no work. He said, I've just had this crazy favour in business since I wore your boots. Now, I didn't even pray for that. Like... I was just trying to see him get healed. I had another guy once, um, Ben, this was in New York State. I was walking past him in a business thing and I felt to inject his chest three times as a prophetic act. So I actually just went three times. Didn't know why, just felt to do it as I walked past. Looked pretty stupid, really. Unbeknownst to me, 12 months before that, um, his house was on fire. He tried to put his house out, tried to put the fire out because the fire brigade, he was a ru- lived rurally out in a farm. And he breathed in plastic ash and it burnt and stuck to his lungs. So he couldn't hold breath. So he just could, he had no capacity to hold breath. Um, so he just, <sighs> all day. Now, we watched, we were staying in his house. We watched him the first morning with Andy and I stayed at his house together and we watched him out in the snow at 5am walking up and down, prayer walking. We're thinking, what a man of God this guy is. And but what he was actually doing, every day he did that to get himself through the day so just to pray that he could breathe enough to get through the day. So I walk past in, in this meeting, business meeting, and just inject his chest three times and keep going. And he just stands there stunned. And then we find out uh, half an hour later, probably an hour later, he just all of a sudden could breathe. He got full lung capacity back, totally healed. Like <laughs> hmm. Has anyone here got breathing issues? You all, all can breathe? Where the girl lives with us actually, she got another lung, didn't she? Yep, born with one lung, now she has two. She lives with us, she's like a spiritual daughter, she lives with us. She, later in life, she went back to the doctor after she got prayed for at the healing rooms and went back and said, you've got another lung. This stuff happens, we see it all the time. Hmm. 
And, and I love it in the church, but I love it outside. I love seeing people get healed at work. I love seeing them just, you know, so our meetings with all the business people we go into, we always go after this stuff. Emotional healing, physical healing, financial healing. But we've got to step into it. We've got to actually step into it and understand that this is in us to bring this stuff out. And do some crazy things every now and then. (laughs) I remember in Africa wiping my tears on a blind man's eyes to start to see him, start to hear, to start to see. Because we were going after it. I was just trying everything. Anything, anything I think of prophetically. So I'm going to wipe my tears on your eyes to try and see, to get you to start to see. I don't care what I look like. Like, I don't care if I make a fool of myself if, we, if Jesus will show up. And if, he's, if I'm prepared to step out of my comfort zone, ask yourself, what, can, what comfort zone can you step out of? Because this is my problem. For me, it was me holding me back for a long time. Continue to ask yourself, what's holding you back? Because it was me. I was the one, I was blocking everything. I was holding myself back. I was stopping a lot of all this. I could have been doing this stuff years ago. It's never too late, but I always think, oh, why didn't I do step into this years before? This is what we do at home. We own, this is one of our trucks and trailers. We own trucks. It's not glorious. It's not what you think. This business was born out of another business by, through need and we've kept it for 20 years. But it funds what we do. And for, eight, for years I, was, I never really talked much about it because it wasn't something I was super, you know, big deal, we own trucks. It's a company that, you know, makes money and, but it wasn't sort of glorious. And I finally come to the realisation I've got to understand and celebrate what's in my hands and work with what's in my hands. Because yeah. I'd had the big jobs and the big offices for the international companies and worked in those sorts of jobs and thought that I didn't have a lot of identity wrapped up in it, but I actually did. I actually had to realise that, you know, I'd actually was, was cheating myself in a sense. So I was never really, you know, this, it's great, we've got this company and, and um, away we go. And a few years ago I finally realised actually it's okay to celebrate what actually get to work with what I've got in my hands. Because it's actually funded a tonne of stuff for us. You know, for years ton, funded what we do in ministry. It's funded us for, you know, the first four, four or five years at Bethel. We didn't get any money from anyone. This funded us being there. So we celebrate that. So I had to learn to celebrate it. And I, we re-signed another five-year contract with a big company we actually work for. We brought more new equipment. We've got another new truck like that turns up in two weeks that we had to order 14 weeks ago. So we're still going for it because I've actually changed my whole mindset on that. Because I woke up one morning for a few years, I thought, I need to sell this business because I need to get fully into ministry and, and I need to just go for it. I don't want this hassle on the side because I've always got people working. And I had a guy who was going to buy the business and, and we were going to leave a fair bit of money in it and fund him for five years, all this sort of stuff that you do. And then it all, he didn't, in the end, didn't go through with it, didn't have the confidence to do it. And, and I woke up, we're in actually Tasmania doing ministry. I'm down there in a rural area in Tasmania. Um, and I woke up this morning and I thought, I'm just going to keep, we need to keep the business. And I just had this instant peace the minute I said it. So I didn't get an audible voice of God. God didn't show me a picture, but I just had this feeling that we just need to keep the business. And I just had this peace about it instantly. And then, you know, so then we, we went and kept going with it. Hmm. Which one are you? Are you going to get out there? Are you going to change the temperature in your workplace, in your marketplace, in your business? Or are you just going to follow everyone else? You're all born to lead. Some of us just to lead ourselves, some of us to lead hundreds of people. It doesn't really matter. 
first and, first and foremost, we have to lead ourselves. We can't lead anyone where we haven't been ourselves. So we need to get out, if we get out in the marketplace, we need to be the best you so you can represent him well because we represent him, don't we, when we get out there. So keep asking yourself that, you know, are you going to change the atmosphere? Are you going to shift things when you get out there? Is everyone still alive? <laughs> because I've said this before, you know, it's, it's yours. You're anointed for this. He abides in you. Every one of you can step into this. You don't actually need the pastor's permission. He would love you to step into this. He or she, doesn't matter where you are, to actually just see this fully alive seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And, and learn to, I always remember this, like the minute, we, the minute we don't stop to pick up the penny, you know, the minute we don't learn to celebrate, we forget to celebrate the little things, how do, you expect, how do you expect God to trust us with the big things? We've always got to keep humility around this. We always want to see people set free. We want to see healings take place. We want to see financial blessing. You know, we've had a guy in a, in a meeting once that was, he just felt, and he was in the middle of the meeting, it was a bit like my story with the whole worship thing, getting a great idea. He got this idea to do a 50,000 forward trade on some Apple shares. No, not 50,000. It was um, millions, actually. Um, and, over, and he thought it was a 12-month forward purchase. Like a, I don't understand all the share market that well. Um, and he was at the conference, he comes back the next morning and someone had bought those shares and he made $50,000 overnight. And he said, oh, this God stuff's pretty good. <laughs> he, was, he was stoked, this guy, like he was Canada, I think. Um, but, you know, he said, so I'm going to keep listening to what God's got to say about this. And, I, and he ended up giving us a reasonable amount of money, actually. Like, we never ask for money. We actually don't. That's just not about what we do. We take the. We actually never want to actually get to that point. But you know, when someone gives us, we're we're, we're generous receivers. Yeah. But you know, don't be. God's into that sort of stuff. This guy had the character to sustain it. Gave him the idea, and he he thought it was twelve months out. He made it overnight. Come to the conference the next morning. He said, "Just thanks for inviting me. I just made fifty thousand dollars. You're welcome." Hmm. Because what you, you know, as I said before, what, where you sow, what you value, that's what God will sow into as well. So you've got to stay sharp. I'm going to skip right ahead here. Don't be that. Don't ever be a lone ranger. Stick, you know, be a part of a community. Be a part of the church community. Be a part of, have good friends around this. Have people you can practice on and trust, trust and walk with you on this sort of stuff. It's so much easier when you're doing it with friends and people you know and trust, you know. You might have, you'll have your places when you're at work by yourself with people, but you've got someone else, I'm going to talk to this person tomorrow, can you pray for me about 10am, because when we're having a cup of tea, I'm just going to ask them where they're at with this particular situation. Can you intercede for me? Can you pray for me while I'm there? There's power in that sort of stuff, and we know that. But don't limit it to Sunday. Yeah. On Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock when you're having a cup of tea with someone, and you know you've got six friends interceding for you, you're, you know you're carrying more power, more anointing. You've got you, you've got everything above and everything below all working with you. So do that sort of stuff. Step into that. Don't be a lone ranger. You know, we always want to have a strong identity. We want to be doing it for him. We're not doing it to, to get a platform, to be noticed, to get a name. Must be clear on those things. That's Jesus. 
just remember that you're out there. Have a swing at that ball. If you miss, have another swing. He's always got hold of you, always got hold of you. He's not going to let you fall. Just keep having a swing. I love that picture. (laughs) Just remember that though. He is that person. He's going to pick you up and put you there. He's not going to let you fall. Just keep swinging until you hit that ball and just drop another ball and swing again. I mean, if you feel, you'll never miss. Because, you know, he loves golf and he's always going to hit that ball. Aren't you, Phil? <laughs> if only. He won't, he'll never forsake you, you know. What will you do with all that's in you? Always remember this too. It's in you. Activate, activate, activate. Step into it. Who and how? Who are you going to influence and how are you going to do it? Keep asking yourself those questions. And these are all things you can activate yourself on for sake of time. But write these down just always. Who am I going to influence and how am I going to do it? So just one last thing. When you walked in here today, what, do you th- what was sort of probable to you? It's most likely going to happen, no matter what. You just always, it was always probable. Then what was possible? What did you think? Oh, if God showed up, what was possible? Then you've got the impossible. Oh, that's just impossible unless he does show up. What if he does show up and that impossible becomes the probable? Because that's what we have. That's what we have access to. But we've sort of stepped into that. We've got to change some of our thinking sometimes to say, I know this is impossible. I know this, this person is probably that's not very nice at work, that it's highly it's kind of like impossible that she's going to find Jesus, he's going to find Jesus. But with him it's possible. But who's he going to use to do it? You who's sitting right next to him. Because you're the person that's going to bring that possible to shift the impossible. Just quickly pray. Jesus, we just thank you for all that you do. We just call forth the impossible that's standing right in front of us right now and we just release the possible on that, Lord, through you. We just call down the possible into each and every situation that seems impossible, but we know with you it is possible. It is just a probability. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, Lord. So we just call that into the situation that there is nothing we can't do, nothing we can't see transpire, take place, shift. We just call the light, we call joy, we call laughter, we call fun into situations. We just call financial blessing upon people here, Lord. Gifts in the mail. Surprise inheritances, Lord. Just, Just set situations free. Money that's been held up somewhere, Lord, we release that now. We just release those kingdom dollars. Just let it show up, show up, show up. We just release the more, the more, the more across every situation, Father. We love you, we love you, we love you. We just release a thankful spirit in this place, a positive spirit. We just, there's a solution to everything with you. So we just release solution orientated, solution thinking. It's a better word. Just We think with solutions. We just expect solutions. We receive solutions. Thank you, Father.
Jesus' name, amen. Where's our book at? Where's the healing book? Still over there? Anyone? Who's feeling a shift? Who's feeling like that something took place? Who's had the book? No. All right, we've got to keep that going for the next hour then. Need to get the book. If you can't, if you need it, get up and go and get it. <laughs> like, don't wait. <laughs> go after it yourself. It's like any sort of healing. Like, I was, my head, I was going after it. I was going after it. And I forgot to say even with that, you know, I finally did, I don't know if I finished that, did I? Sorry about that. Just quickly, I'm going to chew one minute of your time, honey. Um, so I was at um, the February of first year at school. I was at the healing week. We have a healing week with Randy Clark and a heap of other things. And I was down, the, and I, the pain was excruciating, like I was in a lot of pain. And um, I really needed to have my head needled, and I didn't because I wanted it to feel it. Anyway, the Tuesday or the Wednesday, Wednesday, I think, Tuesday it was. Yeah, I had tons of people pray for me for this. And anyway, I even went down the front, Randy prayed, Bill prayed, and there was a real, seemed to be a real anointing on um, heads getting healed at that time. But nothing happened for me. And um, so the Wednesday, I couldn't go to the, healing school that day I was just in too much pain and like it got to the point I just couldn't have my eyes open it was just excruciating and um, the Thursday I was home and there was a group of students with one of the pastors there were supposed to go somewhere else and they got cancelled and rang up Kim a friend of ours said is Steve home can we go pray for him I said yep yep so they come around to my house we're sitting in the lounge room and um, we're just praying for about 10-15 minutes and not a lot was seemed to be happening and then one of the a word of knowledge, um, the guy said, it was all recorded, he said, oh, sure you haven't got some unforgiveness? And I said, well, I think I've forgiven everyone. Like, and, um, you know, I really thought I had. And, um, but then there was something to do with my uncle, and so I went through some forgiveness on him. And after I just, as soon as I went through that forgiveness, I felt this shift. I felt this like a hot gold just pour through the back of my vein. I felt it shift. And I just went, Oh, it's just happened. And I was just alive. Like, I just went, oh, like, this is awesome. Like, I was just super pumped, you know. <laughs> and, um, and it was so, for me, it was just, that was the blockage. I just had this small amount of unforgiveness that was just blocking something because I wasn't fully, you know, fully there. And so, you know, start to just even, while we're talking through this session, even with that, the book passing around, just even ask God, because you can do that while we're listening. Is there anything I need to deal with? Yeah. You know, and that was the other thing. Then he showed me at a conference about six months later a major moment that actually it was... The other thing is I hadn't forgiven myself because I'd put so much pressure on myself to achieve, to be driven, to just be goal-orientated, to really go after stuff that I'd actually... I'd really... I was so hard on myself. I was so super critical of my own... everything I did that I actually had to forgive myself for putting that sort of burden on myself which he'd never asked me to do. And he showed me that at four o'clock one morning before I had to get up and speak. So, I was, you know, but it was, <laughs> it was just one of those moments. And I've since seen a ton of people get healed through head injuries. We had a thing in the church once where six shoulders got healed because I got them to lay hands on my shoulder and release my healing into them. It's a ton of that stuff, yeah, which, which we'll see if we get, we'll get time somehow to do all that. Cool bananas? All right, now I'm going to bring up the brains of the operation. Yeah, the smarts. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, just quickly, so um, in light of that, when Steve's talking about um, head injuries and, and migraines and different things, um, there's a scripture in Revelation that says that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And what that means is that when someone shares their testimony, that's why testimonies are so powerful. They don't just um, encourage you. They don't just... Uh, remind you of God's goodness, but the act, that actual scripture, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. The word testimony there, the original meaning in that specific um, scripture actually means do it again. So when someone like Steve or, or whoever shares their testimony in a corporate setting like this or shares their, their breakthrough, what it means is that God is actually setting it up for a corporate breakthrough from, for anyone else that's here in the room. So I just want anyone to be brave who suffers from some sort of either head injuries, migraines, um, any sort of pain, if you want some healing, if you want to stand up. I'm not going to make you do anything. Don't panic. I just want you to stand up. And I'm just going to ask Steve to pray over you and release the healing that he received from the Lord. He's going to pray over you and you're going to get that same healing. Okay? Father, I just, I just put my hand right on the back of the head where you actually healed mine. I transfer this healing into each and every person here right now in the name of Jesus, be healed in Jesus' name. We just rebuke anything to do with that head injury and we, or that pain or whatever's going on and we just replace it with a perfect, pain-free, perfect nerves, perfect everything inside that, that head, Lord. That, and we give actually, let's just add some um, upgrades while we're there. We'll just get a new operating system as well. So we just transfer that into the, each and every person's head here right now that you just become the next version of you. In Jesus' name, totally set free. Be done. Now, while you're standing, stay there. Is there anyone that can test it? Like, did you come with a headache or can you tell? Is there anyone there or is it... Can you do, it, can you do something to test it or does it just happen sometimes? Just checking. So you're all feeling okay? Is there anyone, any improvement or anything? Can you notice any improvements or is it just something that happens? Okay, so you felt some improvement. That's good. Who else? Anything else? Can anyone? You're looking at me like... All right, well, I don't know. I don't know what, you, what the deal is. But anyway, either way, next time... If, and the one thing that Steve didn't share, but you can sit down now, it's okay. The one thing that Steve didn't share after he was healed was that um, was it the next day or the day before, next day, the actual pain come back. Because often the enemy tries to get in there and, and plant seeds of doubt that it's not real and all that sort of thing. And he just told the enemy to go jump. And he did. And, um, and he's never had it back since. You just get lost. And that's exactly what I said. I had that. I just said, you've got no right to be here. Just get lost in Jesus' name. And it just, bang, instantly went away. It was a slightly different pain, but it was like a phantom pain, enough to give me doubt. And I thought, no way. There's no way in the world. Yeah, I'm, I've got this victory, and I'm taking it. Amen. Okay. All right. So just be aware of that with testimonies. It's, it's awesome to have people um, pray over you. And even when we did, you know, this morning or um, earlier today when... Uh, people were being prayed for and stuff, but it's, it's, I know, I don't know if the English uh, culture is a little bit like Australia, but we don't kind of like to share, if God does something, it's kind of nice, but you don't want to get it, get up. In America, you'll get them, you know, running out the door to get in here to try and tell everybody. That's just what they're like. (laughs) 
But in other countries, we're a little bit more reserved. So I just want to encourage you, if God's done something in you today, whether it was um, with some of the words of knowledge that we had this morning, or maybe it's a breakthrough from what um, you've heard from people sharing today, or just being in this atmosphere, let one of us know so that we can share the testimony, because um, oh, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I will. It's kind of selfish to keep it to yourself. Okay, because it's, it's great when we can share it with everyone else because then it gives them the opportunity to enter into that breakthrough with you. Okay, so yeah, that was, you don't even know me, I'm already telling you what to do, sorry. <laughs> all right, so I want to switch things up a little bit. I want you all to stand up for a minute. And everyone can face this way and give the person in front of you a shoulder massage. Okay, now turn around and give the other person a shoulder massage. All right, now you can sit down. (laughs) Have a stretch. Okay, it's it's that time of the afternoon, I know, it's kind of like the caffeine's going down, the sugar low, those carbs that we had at at lunchtime have have, had limited effect, you know, it's like you have the high and then down we go. So I'm going to try and keep you awake in this next 45 minutes, all right, and we're going to do some practical things um, as well and just put this over here. I want to talk a little bit before we start, just, just to give you a little background Um, of what we do. Steve's been talking a lot about heaven in business and about going out into the marketplace and a little bit of our journey and I shared a little bit of this last night in Shaftesbury so apologies to my team that's already heard it and then probably thinking oh my gosh here we go again. Um, Part of the reason that Steve and I have a have a passion for the marketplace and I'm like I was I'm a pastor in, in the church so I have a real heart for the church and we noticed that as we were, were going, like Steve's sort of outside the church, I'm inside the church, and we wanted to bridge that gap between the sacred and the secular that Steve spoke about this morning. And, as, you know, and we were brought up with, um, had, a, had a passion for having a business or being in a workplace that, that had a mission. And we were very mission-focused, so a lot of our, um, we loved um, giving into the kingdom, we loved giving into missions and stuff, but we had a revelation since we've been uh, pursuing this that we wanted to be more than just a business that had a mission, we actually wanted to be a business that reforms. And to, for a business to reform, to reform culture, to reform people's lives. And who knows that when God wants to transform us, he transforms our hearts first, doesn't he? He transforms us from the inside out. That's what God does. And God's heart for cities is exactly the same thing. He wants to transform the heart of a city. And then once he's transformed that heart, then the city is transformed. And the heart of the city is the marketplace. And Steve mentioned um, several times this morning that the majority of, St- of Steve's ministry, the ma- majority of Jesus' ministry was actually in the marketplace. He's like, he thinks he's like Jesus and he's been changed from glory to glory. We do know that. So, you know, so, so for us, it was kind of like, well, how do we, how do we transform? We've got a good business. We've got a, we we want to transform our marketplaces more than just kingdom principles like Steve was speaking about, but with that heart and bringing the, 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 the Father's heart 
of actually bringing, having a business or, or transforming our workplaces so that we actually carry the Father's heart to the people around us. And that's where our heart is and that's why we started. Um, Steve was doing heaven in business. I'm, I'm working in the prophetic department and I'm thinking, but there's got to be something that gels here. You know, like God is a God of um, momentum. He's a God of, what's that word? Um, synergy. He synergizes all the time. He's always bringing us in. He's a God of unity. So we started praying about it and we came up with a a thought and a plan about creating a class or creating a space called Marketplace Prophetic where we can actually bring the prophetic into the marketplace. And I'm saying this because we come from Bethel without it being kooky. Okay, without people manifesting, without people, and I'm not, I'm not against manifestations, I do it myself, you know, but, but in the marketplace and in a, business, in a business place, it's kind of weird, like if you have someone that's shaking and doing this and whatever else, it's a little bit off-putting, especially when you're in your workplace, or is that just me? You know, um, so and and I don't know what your culture's like, but in Australia, if that happened, they wouldn't just ignore you; they'd tell you in no uncertain terms, in very colourful language, what you can do and go and where if you arrive, something like that. So we sort of figured, well, how can we do this, still bringing the presence of God, still bringing the power of God in, um, but doing it in a relatable way where people will actually have an encounter. I know uh, Bill Johnson has said, and if you've ever listened to any of his messages, often he will say that we owe the world an encounter. As God's kids, we owe the world an encounter. And because of who we carry, we carry the fullness of Christ in us, every single one of us here. And Steve's spoken a lot this morning about we may carry that fullness of Christ in us, but we're not always accessing the the whole fullness. So how do we do that with carrying that fullness, knowing who we are, knowing what we carry, and coming into a business or our workplaces, or even if um, it's within our families, or maybe it's our book club, or maybe it's a playgroup that we go, do you call them playgroups over here with little kids? Playgroups, things like that. How do we do that without with, with bringing the heart of the Father and bringing his love? Because that seems to be something that, that's been on my heart, especially for you guys in this um, conference today, has been bringing the heart, is, is God's been speaking to me a lot about bringing the heart of the Father and, and how to bring that love encounter where people look to the Father rather than to us. You know, historically prophetic, and I don't know if any of you have been in the church for long enough, but historically the prophetic has often, and I'm generalizing here because I know it's very, it's different everywhere, but usually it's been the prophetic superstars, the ones that get up, you know, the big prophets that come up and say, thus saith the Lord and do the deal. And it's exciting and it's wonderful most of the time. And, and it's fun. But, you know, God is actually, he's actually has a heart for the body, for the whole body of Christ, so that you as, as a body are all empowered. And the prophetic gift is for every single one of us. I'm not talking about the office of a prophet. That's completely different. But the prophetic gift is for all of us. So all of us have access to that prophetic gifting, whether we realize it or not. Whether we realize, like Steve thought, that every time he closed his eyes, he couldn't really see God. You know, and it's the same with that prophetic gifting. So we started this class, Marketplace Prophetic, a couple of years ago to originally at BSSM, which is the school there, um, and we do what's called a city service once a week, and it's a bit like what these guys do on a Friday, going out wanting to bless your city. Um, and because we've got, you know, 2,500 students or whatever we've got, so we, we have lots of different ones that you can go to that the, that the students pick at, each, at the beginning of the year, and then they do that city service. They serve once a week for the whole school year. And so we put our Marketplace Prophetic class there, and we started off with just 20 students the first year we had it. And it was really just a bit of trial and see how we go, great experiment, of just training up 
for students, training up our teams to be able to go by appointment, so we don't cold call, we don't just knock on the door and rock up anywhere. So it's by appointment, it's by relationship, all that sort of thing, and, and go in and have an appointment with the business for half an hour and actually just encourage them and just give them words what we feel that God is saying to them. And it's been, it was, it was phenomenal. We've had, um, the, the class has gone nuts. It's tripled in size over the last couple of years. We're now doing international Skype calls. So if any of you want to be prophesied over for your business, let us know and we'll book you in for the fall sorry, the autumn, if that's what you say over here. And, um, and we've been doing that this year and I'm going to get some of the team up in a minute to share some of their stories of um, being, because it's, cause out of the 10 that we've got, seven of them are in that class here with you now. So it's been a real passion of ours to try and combine that. So that, that looks like on a practical level, meeting together um, with our our people. And the beauty of this is that we're developing a, a curriculum so that you can do it in your own churches, so that you can do it in your own communities and start then start coming out into your cities and your towns and doing it as well. And that's the reason we started it because we thought um, Steve had already and Andy had already been doing a little bit of it in slightly different form but kind of similar on a Friday morning in Reading. But hey, how about we start empowering the students that come from, I think it's 85 different countries or something crazy like that. Do you guys know how many, how many different countries you've got at school? 60? 65. 65 different countries come to this school. So how awesome would it be if we had we ended up having to impact 65 different countries with these people going back and being empowered and released to do it in their own cities? So the two hours in the morning looks like we have, um, we have second year, all the um, all our team are either second and third year students. So they've been in our culture for a, um, a long while and they're pros now. They've you know, and they're awesome. So, um, so the second year students come early. We do a leadership portion with them for half an hour. Um, um, very intentional about what we're doing there. And then the third, and then sorry, and then the first year students join us um, for another half an hour, all of us, and we do more training, training on the prophetic, training on team building, training on leadership. Um, and a heaven in business aspect as well through the year. And then they all go out and they're initially led by the third year students that we have here. They lead the teams out for the first few months and then they train up the second year. So then they're discipling the second year students who are then leading the first year students. Does that make sense? Am I speaking too fast? Praise the Lord because you're English and you understand me. That's really good. Okay. So that's kind of what we do. So we go out for half an hour. If our team, the whole team can come up, please, that would be really good. Um, so we go out for half an hour into these businesses um, by appointment. We sit with these people. They prophesy over these people. And then for the last 10 minutes afterwards, they then get feedback from the business people, um, what they thought, what they felt, how, you know, what was applicable, what wasn't. And then after that, then the whole, whole team comes back to, to our Heaven in Business um, where we have our class. And then we have testimony and feedback time, which, which Heather calls good, you know, uh, good news, good news stories. So we talk about that, but it's a little bit slightly different because we have the good news stories, but we also have honest feedback. This worked, this didn't. This could have been better. So it's, it's important because we build teams so that we're actually accountable to one another. If someone, I can remember the first year we did it, um, you know, we're still learning and we took a team in and then one of the students decided she was going to network with the, with the um, do you remember that? Were you there? 
Oh, my gosh. Um, so she starts networking with the business owner and trying to, you know, and we had to bring her aside and say, we love you, but that's not what we're here for. We go in, we go in intentionally just to love on them in our, in, to help them have an encounter with the Father and his love, but there is no networking. No, I'll swap your number, my number, can I, all that sort of deal. And, and none of the old leaving the church card with them too. And the beauty of what we do is that it's not just people who go to Bethel Church. So it's lots of different streams. It's lots of different. We went in the first year to a sushi place. Yep. And they were, um, I think, Malaysian or some sort of Asian couple, beautiful couple who went to, it might be Chinese, I don't know, somewhere where they do, where they're Asian, but they went to an Asian church. So it was evangelical, quite, quite a conservative church. And, um, and that was so sweet. I think they thought we were just going to go in and say, bless you, amen, and that would be all sort of thing. And we sat down with them and just sat down at their table and just ministered to them and loved on them. She ended up weeping, which is, and they were very emotional, which is unusual for the Asian culture because they're usually, um, you know, fairly conservative and, and liked um, put together. But this, this wife just, just was weeping and the husband um, they were shocked and amazed and, we, and it was just a beautiful time but we learned something from it because I think Steve I don't know if he mentioned that sometimes we go into businesses and we may lay hands on some of the things in the business so if it's a restaurant we may lay just quietly we don't go around because you know and not everyone's spirit filled and is used to people speaking in tongues and all that so we don't go around and go shut up and all that sort of deal so we might just quietly go around and just lay our hands on the and just bless, just bless, bless this business, Lord. Thank you, Father, for increased patronage. Thank you, Lord, for just your presence that's going to be. Just quietly things like that under our breath. And we were doing that, and we did it within what they could see, but we forgot to tell them that that's what we were doing. So while the wife's sitting next to the husband weeping and crying and having this amazing time, the, the husband's like this, watching us the whole time. And we realized that we'd made a mistake because we weren't clear in our communication of what we were coming and what we were doing. So it was, it's a, been a learning process for us as well, just trying to figure out what it looks like, what we can do, what we can't, be clear in the communication. Um, one of these guys this year, I don't know, might have, I can't remember if it was you, was Amos, or one of them in the Skype sessions, was it, when, was it that pause, remember, and they didn't know what they were doing? Yes. Yeah, tell them about that. Yeah, we got an email back from the guy saying, thank you so much. You know, it was really great, but just, um, you know, this guy, he was barely even a baby Christian. You know, we found out later. Um, and he's like, we were just not sure what to do when it got quiet, whether you were wanting me to say something or not. I just didn't know how to do that. So it's another thing where we're, you know, learning that it's really great to help people lower the anxiety level. If you explain what you're about to do, you know, I'm about to pray for you. Is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder instead of just like, you know, it's like, why are you touching me, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So they were praying and then they were waiting on the Lord, you know, across Skype. And this man, on, where did he come from? South, South Carolina. So he was, at least he was in, like he spoke English. But there'd be a pause while they were just waiting on the Lord and the guy's kind of in the other screen watching do you want me to say something? Like, so it was kind of a good, so we're always learning what to do. So what I wanted to do for this next half an hour, and I'm going to get you guys to do something as well in a minute. Um, I'm going to ask each of these guys, while you're standing, you haven't told them yet, excuse me, while I'm talking, can you just see if you can find someone that's highlighted to you and give them either a word, a word of knowledge from either their past, a word of knowledge from their past or present or prophetic. Actually, I'd like you to do all three. I want you to pick someone. I'm only telling them this here now. I want you to pick a person and have a word of knowledge for their past, something about their present, 
and something for their future. Come on, all right. So I'll talk for another five minutes to give you a bit of notice. This is the beauty. <laughs> this is the beauty, and I've been in this position, so I know how they all feel. All right. <laughs> talk about lowering the, lowering the anxiety in the room. You're all lower. They're like, woo, up here. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason I'm asking them to do this is to kind of, sh- well, to stretch them a little bit, but also to show you that it's, it's good to have fun and just have risk and just, you know, if we get it wrong, we get it wrong, but at least we're in a, in a group, we're in a company where, we, you know, we're all learning, we're all trying to figure out what God's saying, and it's okay. And it's, that's why it's fun to do this sort of thing in a group first, and then when you go out. So we do a bit of practice first for a few weeks with our students in, in this class. And then when we do bring, sometimes the first few weeks, we'll bring in a couple of businesses for them to practice on that we know really well. So that if they do something that's, or say something, I think, not sure if that's really, you know, they're not, the, the business isn't going to, the person's not going to be, you know, devastated or think that they're a false prophet or anything. They understand that this is just a practice. They're the guinea pigs. So um, you're, you're not the guinea pigs. I'm talking about these ones. So this is just also just to show you also that we, we value one of our core values is risk and taking risk and creating a safe environment where we can have some risk to step out, have some fun, celebrate the fact that they're going to give it a go anyway. If they get it right, that's awesome because then you're attuning your ear and your heart. You're saying, okay, they can look back and and I'll ask them their process in a minute of how they heard from God um, and if they got it right or wrong, if they, especially if they got it when you get it right, it's like, okay, so what? how did God speak to me? So you're starting to learn the language of the God speaking to you. And he speaks to us all different ways, but God's first language is communication and connection. It's not English or American or Taiwanese or German. It's, it's connection. He's wanting to connect with us. So that, and that's the, that's the thing. And the scripture that we base all this on, and you would have heard it a million times, I'll just... I've, brought it up on my phone just a minute ago, is 1 Corinthians 13, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, would I would only be a noisy and clanging gong or cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Verse 3, if I gave everything... I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body. I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And that goes on, God is patient, kind. And that's our heart when we go into businesses. It's to love on them. It's for them, it's for us, like Steve was talking about, knowing who we are, knowing who we carry and bringing that love with us. And sometimes it's even not the words that we speak that are so powerful, but it's the atmosphere we bring and that presence of God that we bring with us. Um, And like Steve was saying, whether you're a business owner, whether you work in a business, whether you're retired and you've got, I don't know, you go to the bowling club, or I don't know what you do over here. You wouldn't go to a bowling club because it's always raining. But, you know, something... Well, other than the week that we've been here and bought our beautiful California weather with us, we were... I was so excited that we were going to get blue sky because the last time I come here, I think I had half an hour of blue sky and that's the whole time I'd seen the blue sky. So I was very excited. Um, So whatever it is, whatever sphere of influence that you have, that's the opportunity to start practicing. And the beauty of this is that sometimes you can practice on people that don't even know Jesus and they don't even know you're practicing. They just think that you're a really encouraging person and, gee, I felt really good when I was around them. It was such an encouraging... um, conversation I had 
with that person. And that's the beauty of this. You can kind of come in like a, a 007 that works for Jesus, you know, and do things like that. So that's fun. Have I given you enough time? All right, who would like to start? Yes, Hel- Helena wants to share something first. Yes. Awesome. All right, about taking a risk. Like, I'm from Germany. I do not like doing things wrong. I like to do them right. Um, so I got the spirit of excellent prophesied over me, but that also means I do not like to, like, in the learning stage, when you fall over or something like that, not pretty. I do not like it. And I remember in the beginning, one of our teachers made us, uh, giving the neighbor of us, I think it was the first school day, a word of knowledge. And I actually got it right. But <laughs> I remember, because I could not, I'm coming from the background, I couldn't even believe I could hear God. I was a little bit like Steve. But um, when, when I had my first practice to do that, I went out of the room crying. That's where I came from. And so for me, it was super hard to believe um, that I could even he- hear him and just stay at this place. So I remember on the first day when he made that, he made the comment about, like, I want you to make mistakes. You will never grow without making mistakes. And this thing for me was so big about realizing that God is actually celebrating me when I, when I take a risk and I make a mistake equally than if I get it wrong, because it just means that I go further with him. And I think for me, that was like such a significant thing of realizing it's not about getting it right. It's about me going after it because I, I'm learning to try to speak a language and to understand a language that I never learned before. Does that make sense? Like if you would learn German or I would learn French or whatever, I would have an accent and get better and better the, the more I learn it. Anyway, okay. I just want to share it. Does anyone want to go first or shall I go first? Yeah. I go. All right. <laughs> so the gentleman in the third row, you're wearing a black shirt and you're looking away. And now very doubtful to me. <laughs> yes. All right. So my first, um, c- could you stand up? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. For free. So my first one is kind of past, present, and future, if it's right. But I was still to do um, three things. So my name, um, I got a name. It's Kai or Ken. Is your name Kai or Ken? Oh, good. All right. Does it mean something to you? Something special? You got a neighbor. Great. <laughs> well, woo, one, one attempt. <laughs> All right. Um, no. I said Kai or Ken. But, okay. Okay, yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, with K, there you go. Um, and the second thing is, did you ever, like, do you love riding motorbikes? You do. There you go. Woo! That's... Is it past, present, present, future? I thought past. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. Come on. <laughs> All right. Depending on who you ask. All right. Great. Uh, and then I just felt, um, are you representative? I don't know if you say that like that in English, but are you a representative agent for your company? Do you like travel around and just go to different, or like even in the city, but go to different shops and stuff? Okay, cool. That's what I have. Cool. Thank you. All right. 
so this is actually for the lady in the last row with the blue shirt and the green uh, jumper on. Yeah, that's you. You want to stand up? Um, yeah, so when I first looked at you, you were just really highlighted to me, and I heard the name Rachel. Um, is your name Rachel? No. Okay. Yay. There you go. There's one that's wrong. And I... Sometimes, though, like you heard the name Rachel, but it could mean, could mean something for you, though. Like, not, like, like if I... If, um, Amos had more time because he doesn't because there's a few of us up here. He could press into that and say to the Lord, all right, what does the, what does the name Rachel mean for you? And it could be something to do with a characteristic from Rachel out of the Bible or something like that. So that's, that's when it's, it's a great opportunity if, if we all have more time to then press in, what could that mean for you? So don't just discount it as, oh, it's Rachel wrong there. It could be something like that. Right. Yeah. Do you have four siblings? Are you one of four? You're one of three. Okay. Oh, for two and still taking risk, but um, I'm really confident about this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> this one's for the future. God loves how you worship him and your heart for him, and he loves the time that you've invested in that, and he's taking you deeper, and you should have your expectations high for the season you're in right now because he's going to meet you in incredible ways. That one I'm confident on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, you're looking straight at me with the blue T-shirt and the glasses. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. The, yes, it's you. <laughs> but um, if it speaks to you, you just take it for yourself. That's how it works, you know. If, there, if it's in the room and you want it, you just grab a hold of it. Um, plus, it gives me a better chance of being right because. <laughs> no, honestly, that's the thing. You know, we're not doing this in order to feel really good. We're doing this because we know who we are in God. So I'm just standing here, here as a daughter, and I know nothing can change His love for me if it's right or wrong. But He loves you, so I hope I'm right. <laughs> Anyways, I heard the name Jane. Does that mean anything to you? You might meet her in the future. <laughs> um, and did you grow up in a place that is surrounded by sheep? Okay. And are you doing... I'm not sure if that's the right word in English, but do you do pottery? Like, is it pottery? Is that a, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I thought it's present, but it's past. And maybe, okay, maybe pick it back up. <laughs> okay, that's it. Bless you. Oh, yes. Hmm. I feel like the future is the season for you where you step into um, bigger dreams than you even knew you were capable of dreaming, um, where everything inside of you comes alive, where, you know, he said he, he's giving us life to the fullest, and that's your next season. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. Um, 
He's reviving things that you put aside. Um, and it's a season that is full of joy. Um, I see you surrounded by family and community. Um, you're stepping into, like, you're stepping into a spring season where the snow is melting, the ice is melting, things are start to bloom. Um, yeah. Bless you. So, um, you on the end here, you're looking back, you're a lady with the plaid shirt on. Yes, you. <laughs> you're squirming in your seat. <laughs> What's your name? Barbara. Okay, so um, for your past, did you really... <laughs> I was just seeing you really enjoying your mom's cooking. Was that something special to you? Your mom was special to you. Um, and then for present, I, I just saw you doing a lot of cooking, like having the gift of hospitality. <laughs> I have it wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> that's okay taking a risk and then for the future I just saw you coming into the season of ease yeah I'm going to go with Anne it's Anne right okay we don't know each other very well but I want I just you were highlighted to me and I'm going to take a risk here. When you were a little girl, did you used to play um, tea time with little saucers with other, other little kids? Did you used to play like that? The second one is, um, do you currently have a cat? Did you, pr did you previously have a little cat? Okay. And um, what I got for you for the future is um, there's a movie, and it's called A Wrinkle in Time, and there's a character in there. And the character... And one part of it, she's flying, and she falls, and she hurts her, her bum, right? That's what you guys call it, her bum. And, um, and then they ask her, are you okay? And she says, yes, nothing's hurt except my pride. And it's like she was okay to be undignified for um, the sake of the children and to just make them laugh, and she got up. And I feel like, like you are just going to be more undignified for the Lord. And I see you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and... and and that's even, not that you don't carry freedom, but there's going to be places of, it's just, and it's actually for fun and for laughter. And I feel like you bring cheer wherever you're at, but I do see you being undignified for the Lord in, in ways that are just going to make everybody laugh, including yourself. Yeah. I want to talk to the gentleman right there in black. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what is your name? Martin? Hey. Um, when I thought about you, the first impression that I had was for the past, so something with, with biking. I saw you driving a little red bike. Um, is, is, are you somehow connected to, to biking? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And then for for presence or did you study kind of a MBA, um, banking, something like in this direction, like finances? That's okay. Um, the reason that I connected it with this is I I feel you're an amazing steward that that you things that that come to you you know how to steward how to put how to put things working for you, um, and and that by this you're able to create an um, area, an area and uh, environment that is safe for others because you're able to um, steward, protect, um, and create things with your gifting that other people can grow in. And so I bless you with this. Um, can I have the lady with the olive shirt please stand up? May I ask your name? Sorry? Beth. Beth. Nice to meet you, Beth. I'm David. Beth, I saw like a picture um, in the past, like when you were a kid. Would you like play like you were a teacher a lot? Like having like a class kind of in front of you and playing the teacher role? Okay. Um... And right now, are you pursuing education? Like, <laughs> that was the future one I was going to get you, give you, was because I felt like um, if you're not studying right now, I, I felt like the future is like God has given you a gift of teaching and um, to, to communicate hard subjects so that people can understand it easier. And I actually feel like he's going to use you to translate the Word of God into a way that secular people can understand the Word of God, to take the ethereal and make it literal. The gentleman wear a brown shirt. Uh, is that brown? Chocolate? Chocolate color hot flat. Is it right? Yeah, yeah, just you. Yeah. Um, do you like wa uh, watch movie? Yeah. Do you like superhero movies? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, do you prefer like Marvels or DC? Both. Uh, yes. This question is risky. Is uh, a hog eye? Do you know the, the, the hog eye? Is, is your favorite role? Wow! Yes! <laughs> okay. Uh, I just feel God wants to tell you practice, make perfect. Yes, practice make perfect, and uh, uh, he love you. Uh, do the thing, and just pay a lot of attention, and uh, want to polish your skill. He love it. Yeah. What? <laughs> what do you mean by practice make perfect? What? Yeah. What? How do I mean? I mean, just I just feel. Uh, if, if you want to do, you if you want to accomplish something, something, 
and uh, you pay a lot of attention to it, and sometimes you feel, uh, I have no talent about it. But you still spend many time to practice it and want to accomplish it. God very pressure you put the effort on the thing. Thank you. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think what Daniel was saying was that you yeah, you need to prioritize it. Sometimes you might not think you have the talent for it, but to keep pursuing it. And as you do that, God's going to bring you through that and partner with him and bless you with that. And it, it will happen. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Sixth row, the girl with the white T-shirt. Can you please stand up in the glasses? That's you. <laughs> so, your name is Carlene? Or name? Or the name means something for you, Carlene? Oh, Caroline. Yeah, Carlene and Caroline means something for you. Yes. Okay. What's your name? Okay. Perfect. When you was a little girl, did you practice uh, ballet or something with dance? Uh, no? What? Oh, okay, perfect. And for future, are you a teacher? Oh, you want to be? Yes? Yes, I, I, f I feel that. Um, when I was looking at you, God... Um, Reminds me that dream that I had when I, I, before I studied to be a teacher. And he said that he put that dream in your heart to be a teacher and you are going to be such a good teacher because I feel that you carry love for people around you and you love so well and people can feel that. Even when you don't say nothing, you don't need to say nothing to love people or to make feel love the people around you. They, with your presence or being next to them, they feel so loved because you carry Jesus' love. And I feel as well like you're going to impact the life of so many people. And even for you, it's so hard to be seen. And I feel that God is saying this year is going to be so seen. It's, it's good to be seen. If people need to know who you are. And people need that. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Um, man in the orange in the very back. You're looking right at me. Beautiful. What does your shirt say? Salt. Salt Rock. Okay. I grew up surfing the beach called Salt Creek, so it brings back a lot of good memories. Um, what's your name? Kevin. 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 Did you have like a, like a very reoccurring dream in your childhood that was like, you definitely remember it still? No? Okay. Um, yeah, we're, our, our past isn't doing too well. Um, Present, present. Um, I think it's really interesting about like the even just the shirt you're wearing. Is that a surfboard on the on the kind of on it? Okay, that's probably why I was tripping out when I saw it. Um, I I've, like do do you, are, are you traveling a lot right now, or do you have like a huge desire to be traveling more? No, particularly. Okay, well this is this is funny. Um, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the futures of the more of the prophetic word, and I think it actually ties into your present. Um, 
I, I kept I kept hearing Habakkuk one five. It says, "Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told." And I actually feel like the Lord's saying that, like, you're not you're like you're not dreaming big enough. Like, there's actually these things that you're asking more of the Lord. Like, this is what makes sense, and the Lord's asking you more. Hey, like this. Why don't you ask me what's on your heart? And I feel like the Lord actually wants to give you something that's on your heart, and it doesn't make sense to you. And understand that, like, sonship, it actually looks from a place that goes, actually, like, my heart matters to you, not just what I can pay you back. And I feel like the Lord is really saying to you, like, I'm not looking to give you something so you can pay me back. I'm just looking to give you something because I love you. Um, and I don't know if that has to do with traveling or anything of, of that nature, but I do really feel like there is something strong on, like, ask and receive and expect nothing back in return to God. Like, it's not actually for his glory. It's just for you. Thank you, team. You can hop back down. Okay, so we've got 10 minutes, and now it's your turn. All right? And no, I'm not going to pull you out the front and stand you in front of anybody so you don't have to panic. I want you to pair up with someone next to you. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. So everyone grab a pair. I'll give you 30 seconds to find a partner. A partner. All right, have we got a partner? Shh. All right, hands up who hasn't got a partner because we'll find you one. All right, who else hasn't got a partner? All right, let's see. Um, th- th- this gentleman here, there's a lady behind you. Put your hand up if you want to. Um, who, who in, oh, there's another gentleman here. Um, sir, if you want to come up here and sit here and if you want to scoot just here. Have you got a partner, sir? Not yet. Ma'am, do you want to come over here and sit next to this gentleman here? Is there anyone else that hasn't got a partner? Come on, be brave. There must be someone in there hiding. All right, so we've... Oh, one down here. They are. Look, and she's putting her hand up going... Okay. Is there anyone else? There's one lady down here. She needs a partner. Okay. Would you like to come up here? You can become a partner with my husband. Right, has everyone got a partner? I'm assuming that's a yes because you're silent. Give me a sign. I've been in the American culture too long. Everyone's so noisy and yes and yay. So I'm assuming you've all got a partner. Yes, you have. Yes! Woohoo! Okay. All right. Um, the, the person on this side of the room of the partnership, some of you guys who, yesterday I've done this with you, but I'm going to keep it. We're going to try and do three of these, so you're going to have to make it really fast. These are very short and sharp, and like Steve says, straight to the heart. God speaks to us in different ways, and the reason I'm going to ask you to do this next thing is because sometimes, um, and I didn't have a chance to sort of, I was going to get some of the team to to explain how they heard, what they saw, and their process, and we might do a little bit of that tonight if we have a chance. But God speaks to us in lots of different ways, and one of the ways that he speaks to us is with our five senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch, taste. Thank you. So, and the, and the, the beauty of this is, is that sometimes if we start to tune into this, who's ever kind of been walking down the street or maybe walked past someone at work and all of a sudden you just get this urge for um, 
I don't know what you eat over here, a, a scone. You know, you get this urge for a bit of food that you weren't hungry for five minutes before. Has everyone ever had that? You just had this thought in your head, like, gee, I really feel like a cup of tea or something like that. You only had one three minutes before. Sometimes it's because the Holy Spirit is already speaking to you about the person you've just walked past because maybe they like that, like love scones or chocolate or whatever it is. So that's a great opportunity then for them to you to go, hey, hey, Heather, do you, do you like chocolate? And she might go, oh, I love chocolate. Why do you ask? Oh, I don't know. When I just walked past you, I just had this thought in my head that, um, that you might like chocolate. Oh, yes. You know, and then if they're a Christian, you can say, well, God, whatever. And they might say, well, how do you know that? Well, you know, sometimes God speaks to me and he drops things in my mind, things that people love. And he just knows that you love chocolate. So it's as simple as that of being able to just communicate to people when we start tuning into Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, because like one, someone said this morning, I think it was uh, one of them, I can't remember, that God's interested in the little things as well as the big things, but the little things as well. And one of the most powerful ways that when we communicate the love of God to people other than saying God loves you, if you can say that God loves you to someone who has no relationship with God, they're not really going to have a value for that. It's kind of like, oh, oh, okay, well, that's nice. But if they start, if you communicate to them something that you, you, that, God knows a small detail about them and they start to feel known, then their heart starts to crack open towards what you're going to speak to them about or even just building relationships. So you don't have to launch the gospel into them the first time you meet them, but you build relationship with that person maybe in your workplace or, you know, um, at the school canteen or whatever is wherever you, wherever you are. So little things like that. Following me, yes? So what I want you to do, the person on this side of the pair is going to go first and just to give you a heads up, the person on this side of the pair, I'm going to get you to do something different so you cannot cheat. Okay? All right? So the person on this side of the pair, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you in a minute, and I'll tell you, I'll give you an instruction of what you're going to ask Holy Spirit for. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, that's all, to ask what it is. If you don't hear anything, have a guess. All right, because sometimes it's just pushing through that fear of just getting it wrong and just opening your mouth. And you'd be surprised when you do guess that it's right anyway. And it's like, oh, maybe I did hear God. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to, 30 seconds, you're going to say to this person, does this, whatever it is, mean anything to you? Your partner is then going to say to you, oh, yes, it does. It's my favorite whatever. Or, yeah, no, not really. That's when the conversation stops, okay, because we're on a limited amount of time. And then I'm going to ask for a follow, the, your partner to do something for you. Are we all following? Good, okay. The person on this side of the room of the pair, I'm going to ask you to ask Holy Spirit for a taste. A taste for the person next to you. Now, you may actually get a physical taste in your mouth. You might think it in your mind. It could be a picture of something of a taste. I'm not going to tell you what they are because as soon as I give you an example, that sticks in your head. All right? It could be a thought of a taste or it could be a guess. It doesn't matter because we're in a safe environment. We all love each other and we're all just having a go. So here's 30 seconds. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are speaking to each one of us now about a taste, a favourite taste for the person next to me. Okay, tell them what it is. Okay. All right. All right. 
The beauty of this sort of exercise is two things. It steps you out of your comfort zone. Or ma- Look, I've done this, this, this activation a million, not a million times, a lot of times, and it still pushes me out because you're still taking that risk. So it doesn't matter whether you've done this little exercise 10 times, one time or never. It's still fun to practice because the word says that when you practice, that's when you get better at it, okay? The other thing is, is that it teaches us to not go beyond what God's speaking about. Sometimes God will give us a picture or a thought and we, don't, we think it's not all that revelationary. It's like, well, big deal. So I thought about something and we don't give it because we don't think it's profound or earth moving or whatever else. And sometimes it's as simple. I can remember doing this particular um, exercise in Bahrain in the Middle East a few years ago with a business men's um, meeting that we were in. These were all um, very um, well-established businessmen and we did that with a taste and one particular man had got a taste for a particular cheese. It was one of those smelly cheeses, you know, that they like. Anyway, they said, do you you love this cheese? And it was this man's favourite cheese. But he could not get in Bahrain because he came from South Africa. And this man had his full encounter with God and just started to weep because he, got, he, he, fight, he realized that God knew his heart and knew his favorite cheese. All right? So it can be really profound. So of the people on this side of the room who received your word, and I want you to put your hands up high if it was correct or it meant something to you. I'm going to count your hands. So put them up high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I'll start at the front. Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, six, seven, eight, nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, six, forty. Thank you for this section. Forty-one, forty-two, forty-three, four, five, six, seven, forty-eight, fifty, one, two, two, three. 54, 55, 56, I see you, sir, down there in the back. It's like being in an auction, isn't it, really? Okay. (laughs) 55 people got it correct. How cool is that? Give them a clap. (laughs) Hands up if their partner got it wrong. Put your hands up. There's no shame in this room. Now, I know there are more than 58 people in this room. And I'll tell you why, I'm not going to shame them. Put your hand up if they got it wrong. You're not a very brave bunch, are you, really? The reason I ask you to put your hands up, thank you. Let's give the ones that put their hands up for their partner, give them a clap. Because here's the beauty of taking risk in a safe environment. There is no shame if you got it wrong. You saw half of my team who've been doing this for two, three years. Some of them still got it wrong, but you didn't feel any shame from them, did you, or embarrassment? It doesn't matter. So it's fun to be able to do this. Say, oh, well, so we celebrate you who didn't get it right because at least you gave it a go. All right? And that's the, that's the attitude we take. We're just going to give it a go and see how. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. All right? And then sometimes you can be still super good at it and then occasionally you still muck it up. All right. Now for this, this one, as I know you're going to be hungry for dinner or tea. All right, so um, this person on this side, I want you to ask Holy Spirit. Yeah, we'll do this. We did this the other day. I want you to ask Holy Spirit for a song for the person next to you. You do not have to sing it, all right, unless you want to. Who's ever, who's ever had a prophetic song sung over them? Anyone? How powerful was it? Very, very powerful when you have a prophetic song sung over you. If you want to sing it, that's fine, but you're off the hook. You don't have to sing it. Now, it can be a song. It could be 
uh, a Christian song, a worship song. It could be a song from the radio. It could be a song off a movie. It could be a jingle off an ad. Um, I think Steve one time got the, the song from Gilligan's Island. Do you have that over here? Maybe you don't. You're English. We have it in Australia. Well, anyways, a little co- American comedy from the 1970s. It could be a song from a nursery rhyme. And it doesn't have to be the whole song. It could be just maybe um, a line out of the song. It could be the title of the song, um, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be the whole. You don't have to have a whole prophetic interpretation of every stanza and verse of the song. Just, it could be just something. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit what the song is. And then I'm going to tell you when to give it to your person. And then the person's going to tell you whether it means anything. Okay? So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're speaking to every single person here now. Thank you for boldness. And thank you for our imaginations that are redeemed by you because we give given our lives to you, Father, so they're your imaginations because our minds are bound to the mind of Christ. Okay, fire away. How'd you go, okay? See? Okay. All right. You can have a chat in a minute when we finish. All right. So hands up, first of all, for the people that were getting the song from the Lord, if they found that that was a little bit, or they thought it was going to be a little bit tricky. Yep, okay, that's fair enough. Hands up from the people who received the song, in other words, the people on this side of the room and their, their partner got it wrong. Okay, let's give those people a clap. So because only 10 hands come up, I'm expecting like 100 hands to be up for the, re- for the ones that got it right. This is going to be awesome. Hands up if their partner got it right. Now look around the room, it's quite a few. Okay, put your hands down, I'm not going to count because otherwise I'll be here forever. So these are sort of some of the things you can start to do. You can do um, all sorts of, just think up anything of their favourite colour, a name. Um, There's all sorts of different things you can do, but these are the sorts of practising things that we do so that when we go into businesses or we want to speak to people, then we've got some, some ideas and some thoughts of what God's saying to them about them. Does that make sense? All right, I'm going to end it there because I've run out of time. I'm sorry I kept you five minutes late. We will see you at 7 o'clock tonight. Maybe Heather's got something to say.